to 98 Night Out with myself, Brett Sanders, and the main man. Darren Mutu, welcome along. If you listened last week, let's uh, hope you enjoyed it. It was our pilot show. Tonight we are live. We are broadcasting direct on 98 FM from the Brentwood Centre. Um, so you can interact with us via social media. We've got our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Message us there. We'll take a look. We'll interact with you. So don't be shy. Get involved. What's on the show today? Well, again, it's action-packed. We're joined by Paul Webb, chairman of Brentwood Cricket Club. He's going to talk about their upcoming festival. Hello, Paul. Evening. We've also got um, interviews with Nick Winter from Brentwood. We've got super fan Debbie Knight. Hello, Debbie. Hello. You're looking very sunny. Have you been out in the sun today? Well, we've been listening to Debbie later on, who's going to be telling us about the 10 World Cup matches she's actually attended so far. We've also got an exclusive interview with Gary Kirsten. We've got our What's On section, and of course, Tea of the Week. Um, but first up, it's a roundup of local action, and we'll start. Brett, you can tell us uh, the first report from the Shepherd Name Essex Premier League. Yeah, we had Bellas hosting uh, Hornchurch, who were put in by the home side. Hornchurch managed 223 for nine off their 50 overs. Merv Westfield top scoring there with 71. A 124 for four with 20 overs left. The home side seemed in a great position, but 433 from Merv Westfield swung the game Hornchurch's way. Good to see Merv making his comeback. Merv the swerve. Um, Ilford visited Chingford, where the visitors won the toss and batted first. Opener Akash Raji top scored with a very decent 103 and a big total of 302 for 9. Ben McGregor with 4 for 52 bowling figures. In reply, Chingford didn't quite get there. They fell short on 287 for 9 with Tom Bulkwell top scoring with 80. And I've lost exactly where Hadley. we are. Hadley. Do we That's it. Hadley and Thunders, yeah. they of course hosted Buckhurst still. The home team won the toss. Badiford first and mustered 242 for nine off their 50 overs. Opener Oliver Smith top scoring with 91. Four wickets apiece for Jaspal and Kunaran Kunaran. We need Naz for that. Oh, Dean, don't we indeed. In reply, Buckhurst were 128 all out. Jamie Allen top scored with 66, but a very impressive six for 31 from Adam Dobson. Uh, Wanstead and Snaresbrook hosted Chelmsford. Um, the hosts won the toss and batted on this one. Robin Das top score with 82 in their total of 263 for nine. In reply, Chingford fell to 200 all out. Skipper Jack Sterling with 70. And Jahansha Akbar with five for, five for 49, helping the home side to win. However, yes. game of the day. Yeah. Someone was there. He's not. He's, he's got one of those bad <laughs> smiles on. Uh, Billericay, they visited top of the table Brentwood. The hosts won the toss, batted first. Bit of a thriller. Brentwood were all out for 127. Skipper Aaron West top scored with 43, and Robert Rayner claimed 5 for 38 off his 10 overs. Rob's got a really good nickname, and he's going to hate me for telling you this, but I only found out recently Rob Rayner's nickname is Suresh. Suresh Rayner, the Indian. Test That's player. Okay. We, we, we oh, sorry, Rob. Well, you know, um, Nick Winter quickly had Billericay in trouble, as he has just about every other side this season. 31 for four, but 66-run partnership between Paul Walter and Ross Poulton, who top-scored with 41, saw Billericay recover to 97 for five. Brentwood kept chipping away, and Bill before Billericay got home, the last pair at the crease, Nick Winter four for 16 in that one. Now, Darren, I do believe you caught up with Nick Winter as well just before uh, that game. Let's uh, have a listen to what was said. 
Okay, I'm here down at Brentwood uh, Creek Grounds. We are just underway with Brentwood against Spinnericky, and I'm here joined by the chairman of Brentwood and also the man of the moment, our player of the week last week, Nick Windsor. If I can start with you, uh, Mr. Ware, this story of overseas players. So we've got Nick this year, Adam Zampa last year. Can you give us the backstory about how this all came about? Yeah, certainly, Darren. Um, so we're very fortunate. About 25 years ago, we had an overseas player from Australia, um, a guy called Trent Woodhill. Now, that won't mean an awful lot to many people, but Trent has gone on since to become batting coach for Pakistan, for New Zealand. Um, he's done a lot of work in the IPL and the Big Bash with the likes of Melbourne Stars, and uh, RCB um, and I was talking to, to Trent before last season um, because our overseas that we had lined up fell through uh, and, and Trent just out of the blue said well you know Adam Zampa's coming over to play for Essex um, and he wants to play some club cricket before he joins up with the county would you like him to, to come and play for you guys <laughs> how long did that take to think about no brainer <laughs> um, so yes yeah, so Zamp's played five games for us um at the start of, start of last season back in June um, and we thought relatively speaking he had quite a decent impact as you'd expect um, now captain stayed in touch with uh, with Zamps all of uh, all through the winter and asked him outright you know can you recommend anyone to come over and play for us this year um, and he proposed Nick um, now to play I think that Sam's had an impact last year, then obviously it's nothing compared to the impact that Nick's had this year. Great, Nick. Um, how many wickets is it so far this season now? Uh, 40 in the league at the moment, so I'm not quite, not quite sure overall, but um, yeah, I've been trying to go at two wickets a game that's i'm trying to have an impact on every game and then um after that i'll take as it comes so at the moment it's been good but um is there any uh, sort of special reason is it the, the wickets over here the conditions what is there any how are you how are you managing this it's it is obviously i'm favored to bowling with the duke ball uh my natural um talent is to swing the ball into right-handers so it does favour me, but I think it's, you know, coming from Australia, the wickets are quite dry, they're quite flat, the kookaburra ball doesn't swing, and I've, you know, spent six years in the professional system bowling to really high-quality players, so I think I've had to find ways to get wickets, um, and it, I think I've been able to take that across with me here, um, those little learning curves of how to bowl and break good batsmen down, um, and then when you have pitches that suit you, the ball that suits you, it just makes it a little bit easier, so it's been good. It's been variable so far, though. The weather conditions. Um, is there anything particularly helping you? I mean, they say about it being overcast or whatever else. But today, like for example, when we arrived here, it was a really hot, warm day. The clouds come over, the temperatures dropped. It's picking up again now. Does that kind of thing help or hinder you? Uh, no, I don't think the weather actually does. I actually think it's all to do with the ball for me. Um, as I mentioned, bowling back home with the kookaburra ball, you get a short period at the start where it swings, and you have to try and make an impact there. Otherwise, it turns into a, pretty much a batsman's game. When we've used the Duke ball in Australia, I've done quite well in um, state cricket. So I think it is a lot to do with the ball. Um, over here, I don't really seam the ball around too much, so the pitch doesn't really make an impact. I just bowl quite full and attack the stumps and just yeah, try and swing it past the bat. How does it compare over here to uh, cricket you played uh, back home? It's probably on par with our 
Premier League cricket, which is the same um, equivalent. Obviously, I've spent six years with South Australia now and five years in the Big Bash, so that is a step up. It's the equivalent of Essex cricket. So um, being in, in amongst those systems is obviously um, quite intense and you do learn to play under pressure and perform as a professional athlete. So I think um, for me, it's about learning. It's about applying what I've done back home um, in a new environment. And there is pressures. As overseas pro, you're expected to deliver. So um, there is a bit of pressure on you to perform. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it probably compares to our Premier League cricket as well. How do you think Australia are going in the World Cup? I think they're easing their way into the tournament. I'd say yeah, <laughs> they, they, haven't, they haven't been at their best. We know that. Warner's woken up. Though, yeah, Warner's yeah. woken up. <laughs> yeah. It's been... I think they've put together some good half games, but I think that we're still waiting for the final product. I'd say that's the same with a couple of the other big teams as well. I think India and England, obviously, yesterday losing. It's um, There's bits and pieces so far. I still fancy England. Mm-hmm. It hurts me to say that, but I think <laughs> I think England on home soil are the favourites. I think it's going to take them to underperform for another team to lose. Uh, sorry, to win. Sorry. I'm with you. Yeah. And the Ashes straight after that as well? That would be really good. Um, Australia A are over here at the moment, so they're already in preparation for that and that's quite a strong team it's got Hazelwood, Payne, Wade Mitch Marsh, Hanscom so they're all getting ready for the Ashes um, and there's a couple trial games and even a first class game Australia vs Australia so that'll be really good I think the actual Ashes will be down to one man I think it's how Jimmy Anderson goes for me, I think if he bowls well then again it's probably England's to lose but well, if they bring um, Joffrey Archer in, yeah, which is being widely talked yeah. about, I mean, that could be quite an interesting uh, opening attack, couldn't it? If you've got uh, Jimmy at one end, and well, I don't know whether Joffrey would open that, whether they'd stick with Broadie and then bring him on his first change or what. But. I, personally, I'd go with Archer. Yeah. With the raw pace, Broad's not the player he was. Uh, I don't think he's ever been the player he was really since he got smashed in the face. That's when right. He batting. His batting has certainly never been the same. No. Um, and, you know, he'll, he'll, have a, he'll have one really, really good day, like the day that he skilled these boys a few years ago. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I, I just don't think you can rely on him anymore, like you can with Anderson. I mean, you know, Archer's untested, isn't he, in test matches, so who knows? But, you know, you bowl in that kind of gas. Who knows? Does he actually still have that same draw in Australia, most of fans? Yeah, 100%. Um, one of my personal goals was actually to try and get picked for Australia A eh, this season. Um, and I think in potentially previous years or future years, I might have. But given it's an Ashes year, the actual team that they've selected is pretty much the strongest they could and they've gone for experience and tested domestic players so um, we're taking it very seriously I know um, Australia have been quite um, underperforming over the last sort of two years so if we can beat England in England it'd be a massive statement I think yeah I think it's that's the way in all test cricket at the moment I think teams are finding it very hard to beat other teams away so uh, yeah, it would, it would be a massive statement if Australia were able to knock England off because, like... And a message to the Phoenix FM, Phoenix FM fans and the 98 Not Out fans out there. Have you got any message to them to be involved with cricket and keep, keep sticking with the show? Yeah, I guess for me it's just so good to be a part of and I've learned so much and experienced so much just from being here and making new mates and I know again going back to Nottingham these are the same guys that I still keep in contact with four of those boys now play first class cricket and um, it's just amazing the little friendship groups that you make as being part of a cricket team so I guess for all the viewers out there 
you probably don't appreciate how many memories and friends friends you make until you're a part of that. So that would be my message, just be involved. You know, there's ups and downs with everything in life and cricket is exactly the same. There's going to be good and bad weeks and <laughs> hopefully me, those good weeks keep coming. But um, yeah, just get involved is, is my message. Great stuff. Listen, guys, thanks so much for your time. Nick, no absolute pleasure. Keep it going. Too easy. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks Cheers, a lot. Sarah. So that was Darren there with the man of the moment, Nick Winter. Now, a quick roundup of the first division saw Shenfield lose at Colchester, Harold Wood won at Loughton, South End beat Gidea Park at home, Hutton lost at Upminster, and Woodford Wells beat Fives and Heronians at home. Looking at the fixtures for this week in the Premier League, uh, Bitterrookia at home to Buckhurst Hill, um, Brentwood at home to Bellas. So if you want to come and see Nick Winter in the flesh, um, that is where you need to be. Um, Chelmsford at home to Hadley and Thundersley. Uh, a bit unfair, two teams turning out to play Chelmsford, but um, there you go, they must be a good side. Um, Hornchurch are playing Chingford and Ilford host Wanstead. In the first division, Colchester and East Essex host Woodford Wells, Fives host Upminster, Harold Wood taking on South End, Hutton see Loughton visiting, and Shenfield take on Gidea Park. So this week, our Player of the Week, remember Nick won it last week, this week we are giving our Player of the Week to Merv Westfield. Um, who start with bat and ball in a good win for Hornchurch. But we also must make special mention to Wickford's Jacob Cullen, who's taken 13 wickets in his last three games. And talking of Shenfield, Monty watch time. Yay. A bit of Monty. Oh, um, well, a bit of a mixed bag for Monty. A golden duck. Uh, but 10 overs, 1 for 18. Not too bad at all. Um, there is another good story as well coming out of the uh, Shenfield game. And that is apparently the song they were singing afterwards. Um, now, I'm going to apologise in <laughs> advance, but you, you can join in. If the rest of you want to join in as well, you I'm, I'm sure it. someone must know. Uh, if something goes like, truth be told, truth be told, I'm thinking we should have bowled, we should have bowled. I'm starting to worry about Roy. Uh, yeah, let's have the original. It's going to sound better than that.
seriously. Are you worried about Roy? Yeah, that's definitely better than my effort. So we've got a guest in our studio today and we've got a very, very lovely lady with us. Absolutely loves cricket and rugby. Uh, tweets about it on Facebook about it all the time. And we're welcomed by Debbie Knight. Debbie, how are you? Now, you have been just about everywhere during the World Cup, haven't you? I've driven 1,700 miles, yes, so I've been to a fair few grounds. Oof. Just, just 1,700. How you many need games? to get that sat-nav checked. How many games have we taken in? I've been, I've been to 10 and had two rained off, unfortunately. So just live on eight of them now? No, live on 10. Oh, live on 10 and uh, just seen eight live, yeah, in other words. No, 10 live. And oh, 10 live and yeah. just... Oh, 10, oh, so 12 games? Yeah, 12 Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, oh okay, wow. it's really even more impressive. Now, um, you've been following Pakistan quite a lot and the Stani Army. I have been following Pakistan and actually as part of the Stani Army. And my, my World Cup started at the opening ceremony as part of the Stani Army. That was before the England-South Africa game, wasn't it? it that was the yes, thing in the mouth, exactly whatever. on the 29th of May. So we actually started in the morning in a studio with Monty Panasar on the Ooh. BBC Asian Network, which was really interesting. Um, so we had fans from each of the South Asian nations there and had a bit of a chat about who you should support when you live in England. Now obviously I'm not of a South Asian background at all and I do support England but I really do support Pakistan. How did that happen? How has it come that you, you've chosen Pakistan of all nations? I think probably that they won me over in 2016 when they were playing test series here. Mm -hmm. um, I love the way they play their cricket. And I love their fans. I write a blog and I've got a big following on social media. How many followers have you got? Tell us. 84,000. 84,000. 84,000. And I'd say that probably 80,000 of them are in Pakistan. And I have a lot of good interaction with them. I don't have any of the infighting that you normally have on cricket pages. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, so I've become part of the Stani army. And they are, I can't even tell you how wonderful they are. Do you paint your face green and put on a jester's hat and all that kind of thing? I have five Pakistan shirts. See, four of them courtesy of a friend. And I go for just the line on my face with the Pakistan colours. Oh, excellent, excellent. So what have, what have you seen and what are your thoughts so far? Well, I started with Pakistan's worst performance against the West Indies. Oh, yes, yes. So Where I, was that game? That was at Trent Bridge. Right. Um, so I started, my, that weekend was Trent Bridge Friday, tricking them to watch Saracens win the Premiership final on Saturday. Oh, yeah. The Oval Sunday, Trent Bridge Monday, Oval Wednesday. So started with Pakistan bowled out for 105, ready to go home by two o'clock. <laughs> and, and I actually had eight of Pakistan's nine group games. So I thought that was going to be a nightmarish World Cup. But as we know, Pakistan are wonderfully... Well, well this mirrors 92, doesn't it? it? Completely at the moment, yes. Yeah. Result, result, yeah. Result. Even down to, e yeah, even down to, and I'm sorry, Harris, their chubby um, batsman being run out yesterday. That happened in 92 <laughs> as well. Let sorry. me interrupt one second. Can I just <laughs> jump you over into Paul's seat? Because I think your mic's playing up. Let's just get you right, over okay. on that one. And uh, it's all coming in and out of my ear. So if it's coming in and out of my ear, I fear everybody else is getting you dipping in and out. And that would be a, a bit of a nightmare on that one. Okay. Okay, so... Um, so apart from Pakistan, what other games have you have you taken in? I saw um, England, Afghanistan. So I can say I was there for the Owen Morgan amazing century. Yeah, um, yeah. Incredible. 17 sixes, was it? Yes. New world record? It was, yeah. as it was for the team record. Had you witnessed the last world record at Essex as well? 
the Graham Napier one when he, I think he got 16 The anniversary sixes, was this week, wasn't it? Yeah, he got 16 sixes, yeah. wasn't he? He was the first one. And then Chris Gow done it and someone else did. Do you know what, though? Looking at all the Essex social media chats, it's a bit like when both of them pulled up tree stumps at Headingley in 81 and he tells his story that if everyone who said they were there lined up, he reckoned there'd be about 120,000 people that were at Headingley that day. Pretty similar to Chelmsford. Was it 2003 or 2004? Yeah, I think 6,000 official, 19,000 were there or something. <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> I wasn't one of the 19,000. I wasn't either, actually. I, was, I watched it on telly, but, uh, yeah. When you're, when you're watching that live, when Owen Morgan starts like that, do you actually get the sort of sense something special was going to happen? He was dropped on 28. Mm. Um, and there was a catch that should have been taken, actually, by a man who then got a golden duck, virtually, I think. Um, yeah, he was in the mood. You could tell he was in the mood. He certainly, uh, he certainly looked like it. And since then, other games with... Uh, with since been... then, well, I was at the match yesterday between New Zealand and Pakistan. So wow. we went from the sublime to the ridiculous. Oh, my God, that must have been. I mean, I was watching it on TV. I mean, the whole place was just going crazy. I mean, the fans are really, really energetic and vocal. Um, and to, to be there, I can't imagine. Tell us about it. Well, it's it's amazing. I'm st I'm a dill dill Pakistan, John John Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, sing, I sing that as much as they do. <laughs> I was a bit worried yesterday because I was actually in the members area, Edgbaston. So I thought I was going to be jumping up on my own when Pakistan did something good. But no, I was surrounded by Pakistan fans. So and we all went up when something good happened for Pakistan. And it did happen happened yesterday. They really have turned it around in the last couple of games. They look obviously dead and everyone's saying, oh, they're going to be on the plane home. And now suddenly they're, they're back in the mix, especially with England losing. Well, they've got match winners in their team. Obviously, our Amir, and I say that as an Essex member and fan, is a world-class player and Babar is a fantastic player. He reached his 3,000 runs yesterday. Uh, I think quickest along with Amla to do that. So ahead of he's ahead of Virat Kohli. Um, and he got he got a hundred and one yesterday. It's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting running, isn't it? Because I think they've kind of kept it. I think they sort of kept it so the top four or what they thought were going to be the top four all kind of played each other at the end. And it's now going to be who's going to beat who and who could have get eliminated. It looks like it's going to be England now because I can't see them beating India and New Zealand. I yeah I can't see New Zealand beating uh, Australia. Um, so that England-New Zealand match is going to be very, very key for both teams. Although I think New Zealand are probably quite have done quite well on run rate. I think it might well come down to that. I would love Pakistan to be there. Yeah, I, I really would. Sri Lanka in the mix, do we think? No, I think they, they they could be. I think they need results to go their way, don't they? And um, South Africa definitely aren't in the mix. No. Had, uh, I think West Indies now with today's defeat. Bangladesh could uh, could squeeze in as well. So, yeah, it, it could go absolutely anywhere at the moment. It's, it just shows, doesn't it? You know, everyone's saying, oh, the top four, they're walking away with it. Kevin Peterson tweeted last week, it's the worst World Cup and all this stuff, and now suddenly... Uh, Do you know what? Talk about that tweet from last week, and we, we had that discussion, didn't we, about there weren't any tight games or upsets, and... Um, the very next day, I mean, and, and Nazumi last week was uh, telling us about um, Sri Lanka if their two big names turn up. And then lo and behold, the very next day they did to England's peril. Um, and I don't know why, but Nazumi's not here tonight. Someone ran into his car on the way down here. So, uh, Naz, if you're listening, which I hope you are, um, you can tell us about that next week. He did, he did send us a picture. It didn't look good, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> so come on then, Debbie. We'll put you on the spot. Who's going to win it? 
I, I think I do have to go between Australia and India. As much as I'd love to see Pakistan and England in the final, I think that those two are, are actually just looking too strong. I saw Australia against Pakistan in Taunton. Um, uh, their, and their bowling unit is just superb. And actually, India have got it right on their bowling unit. I have to say, um, so I take photos at sport, and I, ha I had a folder last year called India Glamour Boys <laughs> because they are like film stars as much as cricketers. Oh, the ride lies in India, aren't they? I mean, they, they really are. are. Yeah, but it, you know, they could stand in as models or, or most of them. But actually, my favourite bowler for them is Shami, who's taken wickets today against mm, the West yeah. Indies. Good, good and ta Taunton's really come on as a venue as well, hasn't it? It's been looking fantastic on the TV for this. I can remember going there years and years ago, and it was very much. Um, a county ground in, in all the ways that you'd sort of romanticise about county grounds being a bit like Chelmsford really but you know a bit of investment and a bit of smart development uh, and I think they've got a cracker of, of a, a cricket ground now it, it was my first visit and actually it was cold the day I went because it has been nearly every day I've been to cricket um, and I so I had a, a body warmer Saracen's body warmer on so I very nearly had a run in with an Exeter Chiefs fan who told me I was a bit silly to be wearing that to Taunton. I, did, I didn't know quite why as I was at a cricket match and that was a rugby team, but there we are. Uh, that's All people right. for you. Debbie, thank you very much indeed. We're going to get a bit of music on.
Welcome back here on Phoenix 98 FM. 98 Not Out, our brand new cricket show with myself, Brett Sanders, and Darren Mooty. Now, don't forget, you can interact with us Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are on all three. We are 98 Not Out on all three of them. Uh, so drop us a message on Facebook or tweet us, Instagram us. Let us know what you think so far. Um, earlier on this week, our main man Naz was out and about, uh, and he managed to catch up with a real legend of the game. He played over 100 tests for South Africa. He went on to coach India to a World Cup and then take South Africa to number one in the test rankings. And uh, Naz caught up with none other than Gary Kirsten. Gary, thank you for joining us today. Tell us about your, your V1 World Cup to start with. Uh, let's talk about the World Cup because there's been a quite quite a few uh, surprises, some thrilling games, especially this week. Yes, Nazumi, great to be with you. And um, there have been some surprises, that's for sure. Um, and I think and I think as well, there's been some really good games of cricket to watch. Um, for me, what's been important is, um, like any World Cup, the 50-over competition has needed um, some injection of interest and certainly this World Cup has created that they've been fantastic crowds I've been to three of the South African games and it's great to see full houses at the games and certainly that's what 50 over cricket is needed what do you think of the Afghanistan performance against India um, on the weekend yeah I mean that was great you know I, I think right from the beginning of the tournament everyone was said you know they are going to beat someone um, one of the big teams at some point and I mean I see reading between the lines it looked like there's been um, some issues within the team but um, I thought they would have won a game already but they just it looks like they've battled with their batting a little bit there's certainly that performance against India I, I thought they had a real chance of winning that they bowled really well and they got themselves going in the batting but then just got out at crucial times and that's often experience you know that's often just being able to get uh, to go across the line when you need to you know I still think that they're probably going to upset someone in this tournament it's an amazing thing with Sri Lankan cricket that I find is you know they, they kind of come came into this tournament with not much expectation but yet your match winners stand up don't they Malinga's been really good and um, you know they've had a couple of good performances with a with bat as well so you can never come them out of World Cups. I always think that they generally look to, they play well. Who's going to be the World Cup? <laughs> well, it's a tough one, uh, Nazumi. Um, you know, when we look at the teams, England have played outstandingly well. They would be hoping that Jason Roy is going to be fit, because I think he makes a big difference to that team in the way they bat. India have just looked absolutely solid. Without some of their key players not performing hugely, they just look like they've got all the bases covered. Australia as well, you know, top players taking wickets and their big bats and getting hundreds. But I think the team that, for me, that is by surprise, but it's just played outstanding cricket is New Zealand and I think they've, they've also proved they're going to be a tough team to be yeah. but you know as well for me Nazumi no surprises I mean England England, India Australia top three we always knew that from the outset um, and then who would be fourth New Zealand probably favourites to that but now you know you've got a Pakistan you've got potentially a Sri Lanka Bangladesh uh, as well if they can if they can win today against Afghanistan would be a big result for them we haven't spoken about South Africa yet Plus, what do you think of the South African current setup and where it went wrong uh, for South Africa? Yeah, I mean, I had a fear coming into this tournament that South Africa would battle. I just think that the batting lineup has shown a lot of inconsistency, and I just think that th that inconsistency was coming from, from a lot of the senior players, so that, that worried me a little bit. We were always felt fairly confident that we'd have a great bowling attack, but again, you know, Gun Bowler Rabada, you know, he's got six wickets in the tournament, and really hasn't fired at all, and it doesn't look like he's been bowling at his normal 
you know, quick pace. I saw a stat earlier earlier this week when um, they, they spoke about the top bowlers in the world once they have 24 years of age, how many balls that they bowled, and they included the Walshers, the Ambroses, the Glenn McGraws, some of the top bowlers in the world, and Roboto was way ahead of any other bowler at the age of 24 in the amount of balls that he bowled in international wow. cricket. That is some stuff. So I think he's been overused, and now South Africa feeling the effects of it. I mean, there was big talk about whether he should have gone to IPL or not not where he needs to be physically. That's a shame uh, for South African cricket, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, South African cricket's always done well at World Cups up until the knockouts. This has been the first year since they've been readmitted into international competition where the knockout periods, I mean, the preliminary periods have really battled. So, you know, to, to lose five games already in the tournament is uh, a very a big shock. Um, there were talks about A.B. Divilliers coming back. Mm. Um, and would that made a difference uh, if he had come back? Um, yeah, without a doubt, it would have made a difference. I mean, he's a he's a world class player. Um, you know, there's lots of speculation about what what had happened. I'm I'm involved with AB at RCB, so I kind of know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. But I think he was always keen, even from a year ago, to be involved in the World Cup. But he didn't want to play all the tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. What surprised me is that there wasn't a plan in place to say, well, yes, you, we want you in the team. Can you play the series before? get you ready for the World Cup there like that that surprised me a little bit and maybe maybe it's I don't know enough about it and about the any of the conversations that were taking place but it would have been great to have him in the team I think there's going to be a big shake up to be honest and um, in the, certainly in the coaching staff and um, at that level of Cricket South Africa I don't know what they you know what they're going to do there's certainly been talk about there being a big shake up so we'll wait and see you know the, the team that was picked to come to this World Cup would, was the best team that we've got in South Africa so I think there's a lot of guys. I mean, you take Amla, you Germany, you take David Miller, that you take Fafti Plessy. You know, I don't know whether they've got another World Cup in them. They might be done. You know, so it could be a whole bunch of new young players coming through. Gary, you're here on a, you're here on a very special uh, task. Yeah, it's been fantastic having the opportunity to bring a group of cricketers from South Africa who live in the townships. They live in abstract poverty, and they, you know, for for them to have an opportunity to come to the World Cup, watch their heroes play. And then play some cricket in a different culture, cricket culture environment. Um, they would never have been given the opportunity if, if not offered to them because they can't afford it. Their parents can't afford to pay for a tour of this nature. So we came up with the idea as a foundation. Um, our foundation, which is the Gary Kirsten Foundation, builds um, infrastructure in the, in the township schools. So we build nets and we raise money to pay coaches to put a cricket program through these township schools which don't have any facilities at all to but but to ignite the game of cricket in that region you know it's a national sport for us so it's important for us that we do that but these these kids are you know when they when they play cricket they're fantastic they're good cricketers we've won a couple of games over here fantastic. Um, and we've come on a tour for for them which would they would never ever get that opportunity and absolutely and to to watch the game at the highest level you know so they've had a tremendous time yeah and um uh, it, it warms my heart to know that you know we were able to raise the money and we have we've paid for the whole tour um, people have been incredibly generous but i think more importantly they've seen that this is a a vehicle to create more hype around um the game of cricket that can be played in all communities, you know, not only just in communities that can afford, 
you know, 60 pounds for a, for a cricket bat or 100 pounds for a cricket bat for their kid. You know? I'd be surprised if you can get a 60 pound bat. Yeah, maybe it's more than that, yeah. You know? 200 pounds a bat. There you go. You get a decent bat. There you go. So, you know, so, so you know, you have the, <clears throat> these kids to give them opportunity. People have been incredibly supportive. We've got a storage full of stuff back home in Cape Town of cricket equipment that gets donated to us. Um, you just gave us a beautiful bat earlier, you know, that will go to a young player in the in the township. So we're really excited by it. The tour it was used as a vehicle to highlight the work that we're doing in the foundation, but also just to give these guys an incredible opportunity. How many facilities do you have built so far? We've built five facilities. So we, we involve ourselves in the schools in the township, So um, and we've built five facilities, cricket facilities. Mm -hmm. Our next project is we've raised um, money to build an artificial surface at one of the schools, which has cost us about sixty thousand pounds. It's a very, a very expensive project, um, but it, but it's amazing we've been we've been able to you know to raise it that money. Sorry, not sixty thousand pounds. I think it's a hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit more, but it's uh, but it's been uh, yeah fantastic. We're, and we 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 continue to upgrade facilities in the township. That's the big need. And is that around just in Cape Town or is it all over everywhere in South Africa? You are, you are Mainly in the Cape Town area because that's where I live. And, uh, you know, we've got a township called Kailicha, which has got over a million people living in it. One final question before we go. What is it like to be a uh, World Cup winning coach? Uh, well, it was a great journey I had. You know, I had three years with that team. And, you know, to end winning the World Cup was an incredible privilege for me. Um, we had a lot of fun together. And I think we'll have a lot of memories that are created out of it, you know. Yes, uh, the Wankiti Stadium final was an amazing experience, but um, you know, for me, it was just being part of a journey, and and my job was really to enable a group of players to be the best that they could be. You know, that's my job. You know, it's not about me standing up on the parapets and taking the the the, the, re the rewards that come out of it. But yet, it's been great. It was great to have been part of that group of cricketers that remain my friends forever. Gary, thank you very much. See you soon again. Thanks, Thanks for me. And that was our man, Nazumi. He caught up with Gary Kirsten earlier in the week. We've got a bit more music for you now with Mr. George Ezra. Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun and change in the atmosphere. Architecture unfamiliar. I could get used to this. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone Time flies by in the yellow and green Stick around and you'll see what I mean There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of If you need me, you know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun The equator navigator Gotta hit the road Gotta hit the road A deep sea diving round the clock Bikini bottoms, lager tops I could get used to this Time flies by in the yellow and green Stick around and you'll see what I mean There's a mountain top That I'm dreaming of If you need me Know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun Underneath 
goes out to my wife Vanessa who loves that record it equally goes out to my daughter Tallulah who hates that record so back at my house there'll be happy people and miserable people I was worried you were going to say it was a shotgun wedding there for a minute <laughs> <laughs> that's another story alright um, moving on you're listening to 98 Not Out on Phoenix FM 98 on your FM dial www.phoenix98 FM or Phoenix FM isn't it the website phoenixfm.com um, and don't forget, if you want to listen to us again, or you've missed it, or your friends have missed it, um, you will be able to download the podcast of this show after we finish broadcasting this evening. Okay, right, on to the final section of the show tonight, where we're going to be looking um, at how Essex have been doing. So, um, well, let's welcome, we've got all our mics open now, all our guests are here, so... Yeah. Uh, a big hello again to Paul Webb, who is chairman of Brentwood CC, and of course Debbie Knight is back with us. Um, so first up, folks, Essex, who are absolutely flying at the moment. I think four out of five they've now won. Uh, beat Somerset, who were leading the table by 151 Come from runs. nowhere, because there was so much doom and gloom around for weeks, and everyone seemed to be moaning about Essex. And, and now, two wins, three wins, and we're breathing down Somerset's neck. We're 13 or 14 points off the lead. Uh, Nottinghamshire up next. It's looking a lot better all of a sudden, isn't it? I expect Nottinghamshire are looking forward to that then. They're not <laughs> the best of summers, are they, at all? No, they're not. No. They're not. Um, what, what do we think is... Uh, you know, just sort of standing back and looking at it, I mean, the batting seems to be a bit kind of fragile, but the bowlers seem to be stepping up. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think... I'd, I'd Probably fair to say at the start of the season, everyone was delighted that Alistair Cook, Sir Alistair Cook, oh yeah, don't forget that, be, as he should be referred to, um, was going to be playing and no longer playing Test cricket. Um, but I think there were probably high hopes. I mean, massive high hopes. are oh, he's Cookie's around. He's going to score all the runs, um, and that probably didn't happen, and, and still hasn't happened. He's he's he got in, um, but other than very at the very start of the season, he hasn't really gone big. Mm. Um, but I think the most pleasing thing for Essex about the bowling will be, particularly this week, Aaron Beard getting getting with yeah. us. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. seven. I mean, you know, it, he's been knocking great. on the door for a while, hasn't he? I mean, he was a very promising youngster coming through, and he was widely talked about at the academy. I think he got injured, didn't he? Yeah, a couple yeah, of seasons back. Yeah, he struggled a bit, but he's, he's come back, and he he seems to be sort of the next one off the block. Everyone was talking about Matt Quinn and Matt Dixon and Matt Coles. There's quite a few mats last year. Yeah. Too many mats. Yeah, and um, you know, suddenly he's, he's come through again. And there was a few, I know, a few on the few people on the post all said, "Oh, is he, is he good enough? Is he good enough?" And he's certainly shown he was. And considering, I mean, I don't know, I've not seen loads of county cricket, but they changed the ball this year. They decided to make it. It's going to be easier for batsmen or whatever. And then she seemed to have made it worse. I don't know how the ECB have managed this. Well, when you look at the totals in Essex's games this season, there's no, there hasn't been anyone, either Essex or the opponents, posting, you know, grandstand daddy scores. Um, 
So, I mean, yes, I think that is the case. But, I mean, this, this Essex conveyor belt of talent, with bat and ball, it, it, you know, it continues to roll on. One of the great things for me is just seeing that, you know, we're not going down the checkbook route or the coal pack route or anything else which other counties have done so we have Apart still maybe mr harmer yeah, let's mention simon Just well there. well we have to mention mr harmer yeah. because what an impact this guy's had he's a remarkable cricketer I, can't, I cannot believe that south africa are not wanting him in their team quite honestly wonderful well we lucked out didn't we there really I mean, it wasn't it didn't start off the, the, as that being the case did it i think we talked about this last week in the south african cricket has really got to look at itself going forward as to where they're going to go because if you're not playing players like simon harmer and you look at their side at the moment and okay you can argue that maybe he's not a great white a white ball bowler and he's much better at red ball bowling but even still he's still better than anybody else they've got there at the moment and for him not to get a game is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's remarkable that he's not been looked at. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd say particularly after what's happened with Joffrey Archer recently, you know, we want to keep him in the country so he can't go back and then yeah. qualifies for England in a couple That's of years. That's right. Time. But you, you look at Essex though. I mean, it's um, when you stand back and look at who we've got in that squad. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive, really, isn't it? You know, particularly having Cookie back. Sorry, Sir Alistair. Sorry, your Majesty. <laughs> do not call him Sir. He <laughs> hates it. <laughs> Uh, having him back full time and I think that you know we've seen in the last two or three seasons when he's been here that sort of uplift in spirits and at the squad and in himself he's a different person when he's playing for Essex than, than when he's you know under duress at, uh, you know with an England cap on but you know, he's just got... genuinely enjoying it. He, he, he plays. He's got a smile on his face. He wants yeah, to score runs. He wants right. to do well for the team. He, he just he's a great he's a great bloke. Full stop. But he's just a great clubman as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I think, and I think it's such a balanced batting lineup they've got now. You know, yeah. the, you can name the top five or six. You can, much every but week. you know, a couple of them. Are, you know, they've got to look at the scores they're getting. They're not. You know, we talked about not scoring. We just had a quick flick through previous county scores of other games. There, very, very few scores over four hundred. So it's easy to criticise our guys exactly. not scoring a lot, but really, no one is. So. No. That's, yeah. Apart from the 750 that Northampton scored at yeah. Glamorgan, which was a bit fishy at the <laughs> beginning of the season. I think there was a, a bit behind that with the bowling as well. Just though. 10 bowlers Glamorgan used Yeah, that I, th I think yeah. it's one of those ones, though, that there, there are fewer wickets. There have been more, seems to have been, with the ball gets older on certain wickets, it seems to get spongy and very hard to play. So, who knows? I'm sure they'll change the ball. We'll move on quickly, because um, some new contracts this week. Jamie Paul to Aaron Beard. And today, Matt Quinn as well was announced. So um, Essex certainly showing their intention to keep the team together. Obviously, Tom Westley's that's not been resolved yet. We talked about that last week, and <coughs> he's still in his 28-day period. So I'm sure something will come out quite quickly on that one. Kent have gone very quiet on that as well, though, having been quite happy to tell the press and anyone listening that um, they were making inquiries. It does all seem to have gone a bit quiet. I'm guessing that um, they will make some sort of contract off to Tom, and we'll hear some news. I'm guessing. Sure, in the next few days, or well, next week yeah. or so, it'll come out. Um, and it is obviously, uh, Essex have also swapped their fixture with Warwickshire, who obviously weren't using Edgbaston and were using uh, New Road Worcester, and that's that flooded in <laughs> yeah. June yeah. of all times. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't think it's... Not seen, it's not seen it flooded in June before, so... Um, Poor sods down there. They don't have to. Uh, so they swapped it's the fixtures around. It's still well. Yeah, I, I was slightly surprised to see that they they swapped it so early. But I mean, maybe as a gesture to the fans to kind of get organised. But did you see the ground? It yeah, I know. Totally I know. Immersed in water, right? I know. But we've seen it before. I mean, 
My only question would be, how quickly can that drain out? You know? It's not so much draining. I think it's the rest of the facilities getting it clean and safe, and you know you've got to disinfect everything and things like that, just because it's yeah. Like I suppose there's a few nasties in the water that can get in. Yeah. Um, Paul is here. Paul, you've got a really big event at Brentwood coming up, haven't you? We have, Brett. Yeah, 19th of July. It's our annual game uh, against the PCA Masters. Um, and it's, I think this is the the fourth year we've we've played the PCA boys. Um, we played lashings for five years before that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really good day. The PCA guys bring a really good side and it's a, it's a competitive side, um, but it's competitive in the right spirit. Um, and they're just as good value off the field as they are on the field. You're good entertainment afterwards. You've got a dinner afterwards, haven't you? Well, it's, a, it's an all afternoon thing. It's Friday the 19th of July. Um, there's a lunch all afternoon. Starts with a champagne reception. What players um, have you got coming? We've got um, a few old favourites that have been before. Matthew Hoggard, O.A. Shah, uh, Dean Headley, I think Ramps is coming. Um, Ali Brown, Jonathan Trott's coming this oh, year. Oh, wow, OK. Um, so that's a good good mixed bag, really, of, uh, of, of decent players, you know, some of whom are, are still playing now, um, if not retired just very recently. And they're all quite sociable and approachable, aren't they? I mean, from, from events before, it's, there haven't been any problem with... Uh, them telling a few stories and uh, happy no, no, to, uh, they're very happy to, and that's that's their whole mantra. You know, they they want to entertain people. They want to get to get to speak to the public. Um, they don't sort of sit in their ivory tower or sit behind a fence. You know, when they've got their pads on or anything, it, they mingle. They, there's going to be Q and A's throughout the afternoon, um, and yeah, they're really good value guys. Excellent. That goes a long way, and I think fans like to given the opportunity sort of. Uh, talk to these guys and just get a bit of an understanding of, uh, of, of their experiences and stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there'll be a, there'll be a hosted Q&A, um, but equally the, the players are very happy to, to interact with anyone around the Boundary's Edge as well. So if people want to come down to this, what, uh, how do they get tickets or what's, what's the form? So they can either just rock up on the day, uh, hopefully it's going to be nice weather, but they can either just turn up on the day um, and just wander around the Boundary or if they want to be part of the lunch in the marquee, then they need to get in touch with us through one of our social media sites or through our website, um, or probably through you guys. I'm sure we can. Yeah, we'll help. We'll pass help. on. Um, and then they can, you know, individual spaces in the marquee or, or take a table of 10. Um, all the money that we raise gets split with uh, SNAP, the local charity, local special needs Great. parents charity. Um, so it's all going to a good cause as well. So, Hogard and all these guys aside, they get to meet. Nick Winter as well, if you tell me. They will certainly get to meet Nick Winter. They might even get to see Nick Winter, Castle, Jonathan Trott. I'm, I'm sure Darren's got a table already, haven't you, Darren? I might do. I oh, might do. Good man. <laughs> uh, now, our big feature, obviously, is always Tea of the Week. Um, Shenfield CC have come up with uh, the Tea of the Week. Smoke, week. Thick cut smoked salmon sandwiches. Round <laughs> 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 Right, so we want to see more of these photos, though. So if you're playing cricket this weekend, good or bad... Preferably good, but we want to see some great teas out there. So let us know where you are. Tag your, your cricket clubs in it, and we will get it mentioned. We will get it up on our social media throughout the week. Debbie, what, what's the favourite part of tea for you? Has to be Victoria sponge for me. Without a without a doubt, who cares about sandwiches if you can have? <laughs> good call, good call, Paul. I'm a fan of cheese and onion sandwiches. Cheese and onion? Oh, cheese and onion, yeah. I like that. Yeah, You've got go to talk rogue. to people afterwards, haven't you? Oh, yeah. is that... You're on the pitch. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You can't get too close to the umpires, though, and appealing, can you? <laughs> the umpires are like, yeah. <laughs> uh, What else have we got coming up this week? There's some more events on um, Herringate and Ingrave. They've got a beer festival next weekend from the 5th to the 7th of July. There's beers, owls and cider. There's a gin and pims tent. Who cannot want a gin and pims tent, hey? Oh, 
Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. They've got a uh, full bar. There's live music every night. Reddington's Barbecue. I'm not sure what a Reddington's Barbecue <laughs> is, but it must mean something to Reddington. So uh, thanks for that. And they've got cricket all weekend as well. Beautiful little ground as well, Herringate. If you haven't been, it's it's a proper old English um, picture postcard ground with, with a road running along the <laughs> top boundary. Um, and I think there will be one or two drivers have been surprised by a bit of red leather coming flowing across the windscreen um, more than once or twice. Paul, what else you got coming up? Yeah, it's, uh, Saturday we've got um, what's now become an, an annual Pink Stumps Day. Uh, which is something that the, the girls at the club organise, uh, and it's it's a ladies' day. So we we play with pink stunts, we play with pink caps, and we're raising money for for breast cancer awareness. So anyone's very welcome to come down. Brilliant, Debbie Paul. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Darren. Just round off. Um, Southwood and Ferris have got their open day this Sunday at twelve thirty, and you've got your comedy night on tonight at Billericay. I'm heading straight from here out to Billericay Cricket Club. We've got a comedy night. If you want to come along. Uh, tickets are £10 on the door. We've got three top acts, an MC. Um, it's really, really good and cheap bar prices as well. All your events, tell us. We'll read them out on here. That is that from us at 98 Night Out. Thanks for listening this week. Don't forget, get in touch throughout social media throughout the week. Play straight, play great. We're leaving you with this one.